Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What is going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, along with Tyler, Partners in Crime, bringing you another episode of Behind the Eye Patch Podcast. Week one is in the books, Tyler. Did not go the way that we had planned, but fortunately it's only week one. We're not at week 15, and it was a desperate win. So we move now on to week two. We're going to get into the Oakland Raiders week one loss on Monday night briefly, but we figure at this point in time it's been, you know, covered covered pretty heavily. So we're going to briefly go over our thoughts on that. But first, what we're going to get into is a little section we like to call um, the overreactions, the overreactions, because every week, especially early in the season, you know, the I mean, it was a really crazy week one of football. Crazy week one. I mean, we we talked beforehand, Tyler. First Monday night game, Lions, Jets. I I mean, do you remember what I told you? I said I said, can we all agree this isn't going to be a close game? And oh I yeah. I, I didn't mean. And it wasn't close, but just yeah. opposite of what we thought. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that the Jets were going to run away with it. I meant the Lions were. Gonna, I I figured the Jets to be probably the worst team in the NFL to start the season. Now we've got 15 weeks left to go, but boy howdy. Uh, that uh, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm pretty excited. That's for Absolutely, sure. Absolutely, yeah. But we're yeah, going to get into. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, my, my buddy, who's a Lions fan, was at that game with his dad, Ooh. and that uh, he was a sad, sad hombre after that game, <laughs> and with good reason. I mean, I think they brought in Matt Castle because Stafford had thrown three interceptions, and then Castle came in and finished it off with four. So yeah, he. The- he wasn't a very happy camper. Stafford was taking a beating too. At one point, did you see that one hit where he about looked like the man was going to get cut in half? He got he took a hit from the front. A guy was bearing down on him from the back, and they just they bent him over. And that was about how it went all night for that poor guy. And I don't think they I don't think anybody saw that coming. Many no, Jets fans I, did, but no, of course, of course they did. But we're going to get into this segment overreactions from Week One. Tyler, do you have a couple overreactions? You know, everybody now, the Jets are obviously the Super Bowl favorites off after week one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the Falcons have come back down the earth. You know, Brett Favre, or I'm not Brett Favre, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, you know, is he even mortal? That's another question. So so what, what are the overreactions from week one? What do you see? What are you going to tell everybody? We, we need to cool our Jets on, <laughs> pun intended. Oh, well, yes, I, I... That may be that may be an overreaction as Sam Darnold, but he didn't make my list. My list consists of of two things. Number one is Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Fitzmagic, as it may be, with his giant performance uh, with the Buccaneers. Um, overall, uh, I looked up some stats. He he's got a career eighty point six QBR. Okay. Uh, 
in that game against the Saints, he posted a 156.7. Oh, so, almost so, double. Yeah, he's he's coming back down to earth. I don't think that he's, you know, and we talked about this on the last podcast too, is I, I just don't know that he's going to be able to keep that production up. And he's he uh, he's definitely looked good. But the past says that he will come back down to earth eventually. And I think that probably happens within this week or next week because you don't just go from an 80.6 average rating to a 156 in a game. So anyway, true, that's true. That's my that's my first overreaction. The second overreaction is how bad our Oakland Raiders are going to be. Following on social media, it sounds like we will never win a game this whole year. And to me that's I don't <laughs> think that's true. And it we looked we looked good for three and a half quarters. Yep. Uh, it's a first game with a new offense, and we'll get into this later, I'm sure. But you know, it's it's the first game under a new head coach. Head coaches this year in opening games were 0 and seven. Yeah, um, that was an amazing stat. That was an amazing stat. So you know, I I don't really think that there's a whole bunch to panic on it. There is, I mean, there's a sense of urgency in my book because I'm a Raiders fan. But, you know, I, those, are, those are my two overreactions. Then I'm going to give the listeners a free bonus underreaction that I have okay. seen. So my underreaction, like I said, it's a free bonus. Don't have to pay extra for it. But how bad are the Buffalo Bills? And nobody is saying <laughs> anything about that game. Nobody is saying like, oh man, the Bills are going 0-16 this year. They've got the first pick locked up. But yet the Raiders, we have the first pick locked up and we're 0-1 with a, a decent starting quarterback. Nathan Peterman is probably the worst quarterback to maybe ever start a football game in the NFL. I agree. I agree. And nobody is saying a word about it. They're just like, oh, now it's on to Josh Allen. He's going to save us all. But nobody says how horrid. I mean, I think LaShawn McCoy was held under 50 yards rushing. And, you know, that's that's not typical for LaShawn McCoy. I also have read several tweets wondering if the Bills' starting offensive line is even as good as most teams' backup offensive lines so that is not something that you you hope for a brand new rookie quarterback you want to give him some protection and they've got nothing it sounds like so that's an underreaction if i'm a bills fan i'm freaking out at this point but i haven't heard anything do, do you think honestly the bills have a chance at going 0-16 pulling the browns this year i don't think so i think no. they'll win a game i i think josh allen will will get them to a win but I know Nathan Peterman is not the answer and he went out in the first game and laid an egg just like well and I think everybody like he did last year yeah and I think that's interesting because you know when they announced him to be the starter I think everybody knew that this guy shouldn't be the starter I mean is there was there any doubt I mean, the, 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 his stats say it all when you watch him play it says it all and then is it any wonder when he goes out and performs like he did I mean so to me, it's one of those things that the Bills the Bills are in trouble, obviously. But you know what's going to happen is Josh Allen's going to lead that team to a win in like week eight or nine. And the Bills Mafia 
is just going to absolutely go nuts. And that's what we love about the Bills, you know, <laughs> because even <laughs> with a bad year, the Bills Mafia is always entertaining, and you got to love those guys. So, oh, yeah. But, I, you know, to your point on that, you know, the, the overreaction on the Raiders' side, like I said, we hung, and you, you, you mentioned this a little bit, we hung with a team that a lot of people have as an early Super Bowl pick. Yeah, we hung with that team for, I mean, we were tied at halftime. You know, Carr doesn't throw an interception right before half there in the corner of the end zone to Cook. You know, okay, pretend you get seven out of that at some point in that drive. That's a that's a totally different ball game even going into the second half. Now, that's woulda, coulda, shoulda. But just like, like my old football coach would say, when we went up against a team that you know, we were outmanned, outgunned, you know, we had them on the ropes. You know, and the Raiders had the Rams on the ropes. It's just we saw – what we kind of saw last year, the the offense was unable to perform in the second half, and the defense, the defense can't have that. The defense needs rest. The defense can't stay out there, you know, be going out every you know two and a half minutes because the offense is going three and out. And you know, first drive right out of the gate, three and out. I think the second drive we got one first down, and then it was a punt, and that just spells doom for the Raiders. I mean, the offense is going to have to carry this team. And but like you said, to your point. Now all of a sudden the Raiders might be the worst team in the NFL, but nobody's talking about the Bills. And that, the Bills, it, I'm telling you right now, I think they have a real shot at going 0-16 just because Allen is a rookie. They've got no offensive line, um, obviously no defense. How, how many, was it 47 that the, that, w- the, that the yeah, Ravens put on Yeah, it was like 47 or 48, somewhere in there. Yeah, so so I, I I tell you what the Bills could be a contender, and I tell you if if it's week nine ten and you're zero and ten, you just need to go ahead and and go for imperfection. I think the Bills <laughs> need to chase zero and sixteen at that point because there's no sense in winning one game. You need to go down in the history books as another zero and sixteen team. And do you think? I mean, honestly, if there's a fan base that would take pride in that, it would probably be the Bills Mafia. I I, I, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they would probably love that. But yeah, no, good point on that. I, I love that. That's free, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up. I like that. A free underreaction. My two overreactions from week one. You touched on it just a little bit. I'm gonna go with Sam Darnold of the Jets. You know that that the defense of the Lions is pretty much terrible year in and year out. I mean, they always rely on Stafford to bail them out of games. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say cool your Jets pun intended on Sam Darnold. You know, week one big performance. But, you know, it, it's still that rookie. Yeah, and that's what always brings me back down to earth. These guys are rookies, and at some point they're going to start making mistakes, and things are going to start coming up. And when they start getting pitted against better defensive teams, teams that are going to have film on this guy as the season goes on, they're going to be able to scheme for him. I just think, you know, everybody right now has the Jets as a playoff contender, and, oh, my, you know, what could they challenge the, the Patriots? Is this a true contender? Hold up. I still think this is only a... A four to six win team they got one of those wins now um you know maybe i've got to eat crow here in in 10 or 12 weeks but i'm just gonna say cool your jets on sam Darnold. the other one and and i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with this because i stuck with it last week and i was i was put to shame a little bit but i'm gonna stick with it i think we need to cool our jets the over there's an overreaction on the kansas city chiefs I think there is overreaction on San Diego's defense. I think people look to that defense to be some top five, top three defense. That's obviously an overreaction. Um, I think the Chiefs, the, the, 
when you look at the stats, when you look at what Philip Rivers put up against the Chiefs, they, it was um, um, astounding numbers. In fact, I've got him right in front of me. Philip Rivers passed for 424 yards. I didn't watch that game, but apparently there were a couple of touchdowns that were dropped as well in that game from some of the, the, the um, Charger wide receivers. That Chiefs team still has a terrible defense. Tyreek Hill makes up, you know, 70, 75% of that offense. You find a way to game plan to take him out of that game, you know, take him out. And I, I think the Chiefs become very pedestrian. Also, the other thing, Andy Reid is well known. You give him time, you give him bye weeks, you give him time to game plan for one team, and he's he's a mastermind. But as this season goes on, I think the Chiefs are going to come back down to earth. I've got them, I think last week I said, as a 6-7 to seven win team during the season. I still stick by that. Maybe you can come back and tell me that I, you know, I told you so later on. But I'm still saying we need to, that's an overreaction. Chiefs, don't get too comfy yet. I'm just, with the way that defense plays, and, and like I said, that's a one team as well that they're, they're going to rely, like every team. You, you don't need the injuries, but, you know, something happens to a guy like Tyree Kill, you know, to, to a, a big-name player that, like I said, carries that team. In fact, his stats, Tyree Kill, seven receptions, 169 yards, two touchdowns. Every other receiver on this team, the next closest was Sherman with one, re, one reception for 36 yards. I mean, very yep, pedestrian that's, numbers. That's exactly where I was going to head, head next is just say – you know, other than the 169 put up by Hill, there was nothing. Kareem Hunt, 16 carries, 49 yards at a 3.1 yeah. average. Not, you know, not a great stat line. Mahomes had 5 for 21 rushing, but then Tyreek Hill also added, uh, it was either a kickoff or punt return for a touchdown. I can't remember which one yeah. exactly. But uh, here's the question. Do you kick to Tyree Kill? The answer is no. You don't kick to Tyree Kill. Like that, it's just <laughs> that easy. You kick it out of bounds or you, you do something, but you do not kick the ball to Tyree Kill. And you would think that as a division rival, the Chargers would know that. First touchdown, they kicked to Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill took it to the house. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those things, again, that we just we see. I, I think it, this was a case of a. A, ch- a Chargers defense that was overhyped, and and it makes the Chiefs look a lot better than they than they actually were. So that's my overreaction for Week One. But let's get into we're going to be since since we're since we talked about the Chiefs, let's get into some AFC West teams before we dive into this Oakland Raider Denver Bronco matchup. Uh, we got the Chiefs playing the Steelers this week. Tyler, what do you what do you see happening in that game? If I'm not mistaken, the Chiefs have had the Steelers number the last few years, and for whatever reason, you know that's been kind of their kryptonite, uh, the Steelers' kryptonite. The Chiefs seem to be able to go in and and ball out, but like what we just mentioned, I mean, Philip Rivers was able to move that ball up and down the field with those those receivers in in uh, uh, for the Chargers. I mean, now you're going up against Juju Smith-Schuster. You've got Antonio Brown. I mean, is there any? Is there any doubt that the Chiefs are going to be able to stop those two guys? Well, what do you think? Well, I, you know, as as far as the game against Cleveland, maybe we need to start there. Big Ben had three picks in that game, but he still went for 335. Wow. Uh, James Conner had 31 rushes for 135, and he had five catches for 57 yards. So, and Antonio Brown was fair I mean he had a great game don't get me wrong but Antonio Brown was fairly limited he had nine for 93 
And the guy you mentioned, Juju Smith-Schuster, he had the biggest game. He had five catches for 119 yards. So they're not lacking for offense, that's for sure. The the big thing, and I have a a good buddy who's a a Steelers fan, and he's very high on, uh, what's J.J. Watt's brother's name? Oh, yeah, I know. The Watt brother. We'll call him the Watt brother. Yeah, Watt 2.0 or whatever. Yeah, Watt (laughs) 2.0. He won AFC Defensive Player of the Week, if I'm not mistaken. And so uh, he had a great game. I I don't know. This could be a close game. It depends on which Ben Roethlisberger shows up. And I think you can say that really about any team. But as as Big Ben goes, I think the Steelers go. Um, if he throws three picks, I say they probably lose. If he keeps it to one or zero, I think that the Steelers probably probably win that matchup. There you go. And you know it is in Pittsburgh. You know I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you. Well, gosh, that's such a tough one because Kansas City does have a does have an explosive offense, but that defense is just horrendous. I'm gonna go ahead and well, go with the Steelers. What, what they lost say? Peters. Yeah, yeah, and, and and we just we've seen his replacement, and it's not good. Like I said, Philip Rivers was able to move the ball up and down the field relatively easily. If it wasn't for drop passes uh, from his receivers, I'm gonna go ahead and go Pittsburgh at home. I'm gonna go with the home team. I know Kansas City has had their number, um, but it seems like the Steelers, when it matters most, w- when they need a win for whatever reason, they seem to get it, and then they'll go and play a team like the Browns, you know, and, and they'll just absolutely lay an egg like we saw. But I think this week. I think the Steelers get it done at home. I think Kansas City comes back down to earth a little bit, but I still think it's a shootout. I think this is a this is a you know a 35-31 type game, just because I think both defenses, Steelers defense, is going to do just enough to get it done, make just a couple of plays here and there to get it done. But I think I like the Steelers at home, and that's just not being a Raider fan. I just I think you put Steelers at home along with that Kansas City defense, it's not good. And you could argue that they're going up against even better receivers this week than what they saw, you know, in San Diego. And, and oh, I, yeah. if, if you've got Juju or if you've got Brown or Ben, if you're, if you're fantasy-wise, I mean, that's a starter you know, automatically all day, every day. And, you know, the, the other thing, too, is Connor. I mean, that young running back, boy, that was impressive. And, and you you get a you get that game going as well as long, you know, along with getting Brown and Juju going. It could be a long day for that Kansas City defense, for sure, for sure. So oh, are you going, yeah. you going Steelers as well, or are you going to go Kansas City? Oh, no, I'm going Steelers. Steelers, Steelers right, at both. home. Both in accordance with that, I don't think we need to touch on this very much. Chargers are against the Bills this Sunday. I think Sunday. the Chargers. You think the Chargers? You sound pretty confident there. I, go I Chargers, go. I can't, I can't imagine why. Yeah, I think the Chargers get it done. I think they win pretty easily. I do think Allen has a couple of nice touchdown passes, but I think he'll also throw a couple of picks as well. Um, but I think the Chargers win pretty easily. I think it's going to be something like 35 maybe 35-14, 35-13, something like that. Um, I don't think they'll throw up quite the numbers that the Ravens did, but I think it's an embarrassment at home again, and the Charger, or, and the Bills start looking at chasing that 0-16 dream. Uh, so I think, uh, so right now we got the Chargers win and Kansas City win. That'd bring them both to 1-1, one and one, so that'd be interesting. We'd have a tight race in the AFC West, which gets us to... Some actual Oakland Raider talk, since that's pretty much what this podcast is about. Glad we finally get there. But you know what? I, I like 
the idea that we're, I like to think that we're diverse, you know, we're not just, we're, we're well cultured when it comes to the rest of the NFL. We're able to touch on all topics and talk intelligently on all teams. So that's what you'll always get here at uh, yep. the uh, Behind the iPad podcast. At least from Micah, that's what you'll get. Oh yeah, heck, are you kidding me? I mean, I... I've got NFL Game Pass, man. In fact, I was watching, and we'll touch on this a little bit earlier, or a little bit later. I've got to watch a little bit of that Broncos Seahawks matchup. I got some thoughts on that. Excellent, excellent. So, we got a big one: Mile High Stadium, Broncos Raiders. It it seems like doesn't matter whatever the kind of year each team's having. It seems like it's always, always a good matchup. Yeah, and I I saw somebody had the audacity. Uh, to send out a tweet or uh, an article was written Raiders Broncos is it still the rivalry rivalry it once was and that's pish posh that was clickbait and I clicked on it it is it's still a huge rivalry I hate those guys with a passion Uh, I just I can't stand it I live like I said in the last one I live in New Mexico that's what I get to watch is Broncos games because everybody has Broncos paraphernalia so even the texas roadhouse down here has like murals of john elway and and peyton manning oh yeah it was bad i went there last night i'm like i don't know that i can support this establishment anymore (laughs) man you're deep in enemy territory down there oh deep deep in enemy territory you know before we get to this game let's touch let's let's touch on last week's game briefly monday night game we're gonna go the good the bad and the ugly from rams raiders Tyler, I'm going to start with you, and we're going to go backwards. We're going to start with the ugly, then we're going to go with the bad. And I always like to end on a good note, so we're going to end on the good. So the ugly, Tyler, for you. What was the ugly from Monday night's game? Mike, I've got two words for you. The ugly, two words, one name, Derek Carr. Oof. That's, Oof. That's, that was my ugly. Three picks, uh, pressured on 12 of 42 dropbacks. Now, when this knowledge that I'm dropping on people's ears, I, I want them to know I did not come up with these statistics. So this is this is me doing my research. Uh, but these are these are PFF stats that I can I can get to. Um, but no, pressured on 12 of 42 dropbacks. He was five of 11 for 52 yards and two picks when he was under pressure. He was sacked once. And he had a 20.1 passer rating when pressured. And I am going to leave it at that. That's it. It was ugly. It was bad. You know, I'm going to touch on that the same that you... But I want to go back really quickly, something you mentioned. Pro football focus stats. If that's ever something that people are interested in, I highly encourage you to go and pick that up because that is just absolute knowledge. It gives you good insight to the game every week. And it also gives you matchups to go look at too, you know, because I love, I do the research on pro football focus before each, each week's matchup. And then you really get some good insights and you get to see, okay, I'm going to watch this matchup, watch, you know, how these guys, you know, we've got two guys that are highly graded here going up against each other, guys that maybe you wouldn't even look at normally. So I highly encourage you to go check out pro football Focus's. uh, stat line there really good stuff but you know my ugly gosh i mean this one's tough and i told you guys after the game i need to i need to mull this game over because it was it was just a really weird game i mean for like we mentioned earlier a whole first half man we were we look good but we're not going to get to the good now we're in the ugly my ugly 
it's spot on with yours. It's it was Derek Carr, and not not specifically Derek Carr with everything. There were some good. There was some good I liked in Derek Carr. I loved his command. Uh, his he took really good control um, when he was up there. I loved watching him uh, take control of the offense, making adjustments at the line. I, I mean, it looked like I was watching Peyton Manning. I loved it. I thought that was really encouraging, and I think that's something that he's going to settle into. And Raider fans, Raider Nation needs to give him time to settle into that. But his ugly were those two interceptions, the one underthrown to Cook, like we mentioned before. If, you know, he throws that one either out – or even just thrown away, you know, live to die another day kind of a deal. And they, they put points up in that drive. That's a totally – that's a completely different ball game at that point. Yeah, if you that, say they get a field goal out of that, that's still – you know, I think we go up at the half 16 to 10, yeah. right? 16 to 10, 16 to 13, something like that. Yeah, I believe you're right. And so, yeah, that you know, it's – yeah, 16 to 10. That's a totally different game, you know, at that point. Then then I, I want to give him a little bit of grace on the one pick six because if you go back and watch that play, Jared Cook slows up right before um, right before Carr throws that ball. Now, Cook's going to get annihilated right there anyway. I mean, he's not, he's not making, you know, he's not sprinting off for, you know, a big gain like we saw him in other plays. But at least it's not a pick, and it's not a pick six, certainly. Right, right. So I think that's a little more on Jared Cook. Um, but that underthrown ball in the end zone was definitely on Carr. And then the absolute just duck that he throws across the field. I heard somebody say, and they, 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 it was perfect the way they described it. It looked like, like a middle school quarterback throw, like desperation throw, like something <laughs> that you would see in middle school. And I thought that's, that's really the only way to describe it. And, you know, Tyler, we've, we, we talk here. You know, there is no uh, – we're, we're tough on this team. And, and we're not, we're not going to sit here and say everybody's great. You know, Carr is the second coming. You know, we're a 16-0 and team. We're not about that. We're, we're not no. afraid to get tough with this team. And this is one of those instances when he said that looked like a middle school throw, and I don't remember who said it exactly, but I thought that's exactly what that looked like. That looked like a middle school kid running around and then just, you know, just absolutely dumb, huck it up in the air, across the field. To, I mean, there was there was blanket coverage on that side. They had a defender over the top. They had a, a defender in the flats who was the guy who ended up picking it off. And it was just one of those you're going, I don't remember seeing Derek Carr make a throw like that. And if he has, it's been a long time. You might have to go back three years before I've seen him throw such an ugly interception. And it's certainly not an interception that a quarterback making over $100 million should be throwing. I mean, that was no. just... I don't know what he saw, what he was thinking. I would love well, to sit down in that room and hear how he explained that to John Gruden because that was – and, you know, afterwards we heard John Gruden get on to him a little bit and everybody's kind of blown that up out of proportion. But I think, I, in my opinion, rightfully so, that was ugly. That was plain ugly play by Derek Carr in the second half. Absolutely. And he described it as getting caught in between two – uh, decisions that he wanted to make. He said that he was going to try to throw it out of bounds, but then he saw Jordy, I think it was Jordy Nelson was yep, was yep. there on the sideline. He's like he's like I got I got stuck in between and then and then I threw it up in the air and it came out of my hands. And that's how he described it to people who asked him about it, but I mean still like you said that that ugly of an interception is not something that you pay a quarterback to throw that's you know that's something that's 
dumb. It was that's a Jason dumb Peterman, pick. man. Let's be that, honest. That's yeah. Peterman kind of throw. I mean, that's what you expect out of that quarterback. And as much as that pains me to say it, that's exactly what it looked like. I mean, that that was just plain ugly. And I understand getting caught in the moment. You know, your mind all of a sudden switches last second right as you're releasing that ball and you're just, you know, right as it's leaving your hand, you're going, oh, shoot, shouldn't have done that. You know, I get that. But still, that, I mean, it, it was ugly. It was ugly. Oh, that's all it I have to say about that. The bad. I'm going to start this one off. Um, the bad for me, gosh, in this game was, it, it has to be, boy, I, I could go so many places with this one. But I has, it has to be not getting... The, um, and this kind of comes back to Carr a little bit again, not getting the receivers involved. We've got Jordy Nelson. We've got Amari Cooper. You know, I love the fact that that uh, Cook had a big game, and I'll get into that in a minute. But we have to. We absolutely have to get Cooper and Nelson in, more involved in the in the in the playbook and I understand you know they went against some t- you know tough corners this game it's not going to be like that every week at least I hope not or else it's going to be a really long season but there's no excuse you know we've been talking here about car throwing interceptions and I talked with you a little bit about this earlier in the week you know if Carr's going to throw an interception I'd love to see him throw an interception on a deep bomb to Cooper because you know what he's trying he's going for a home run play he's going for a big play I don't mind an interception like that you know, and that's where it comes in, where we, we got to get Cooper, we got to get Nelson involved more. And, and that was my bad this week is that, we, I don't know, Carr, and again, this is a new scheme. I mean, the offense looked totally different as far as watching Carr walk up there, making adjustments, you know, calling out plays, different signals right at the line. It got me excited. But again, I think th- this is part of what we talked about la- on last week's pod. You know, th- there are going to be some growing pains with this kind of stuff. Carr's going to have to have time to settle into this and get used to doing this kind of thing because he's got all that stuff going through his mind while he's changing all this, while he's looking at the defensive coverage. But there, there's got to be some sort of resemblance of getting Cooper and Nelson in the game or else we're going to see like what we saw in the second half. They figured, all right, you're going to go to Cook. That's all you've got. We'll shut him down. They did a, a fairly solid job of keeping, you know, the run game in check, though. But Raiders had a, I mean, it was enough to keep, you know, keep the Rams honest. And I think they went away from that run game in the second half because I think Lynch is on a kind of a snap count. There are 15, 15 weeks left. They've got to keep Lynch fresh. And you might be able to argue that with other running backs. Well, there are older running backs that are getting more touches, but there aren't older backs that are as physical as Marshawn Lynch. And Marshawn Lynch, they're going to have to ease him into this. He's going to be the workhorse here. So that was part of the problem in the second half. But, you know, when the Rams made their adjustments, they said, all right, we see Carr's cars giving a quick look to Cooper, quick look to Nelson, and he's checking down to Cook pretty quickly. And they made that adjustment, and that's how the Raiders got beat in the second half. So that was my bad. We, we, bad for this week. Got to figure out a way to get Cooper and Nelson more involved. What about you, man? Well, following up, just, just one thing. You know, I don't even the interception that Carr threw to Cook in the end zone, like, you can live with that. I, I understand it's still an interception, but, you know, he he was going for something big down the field, like you said, and, and, and I can live with that. I can make, okay. you know, I, I can live with that. But the stupid ones that are just, you know, four yards down the field and, or just, you know, chucking it up in the air and praying that somebody doesn't get to it. Those are the mistakes that you can't live with. I can live with him throwing an interception, 
granted it was in the end zone i get that you've got to either get it out or you know yeah. way higher it was an underthrown ball but i i can live with that he's taking a shot down the field it's this dang dink and dunk crap that just drives me nuts anyway my bad uh i went on the defensive side of the ball so a little bit little bit different um the rookie defensive line looked gassed at the end of the game yep. um and that's kind of on the offense couldn't sustain any drives and you alluded to that earlier um they generated five pressures against the rams and Arden wow. Key led the team with two of those pressures. So, wow. you know, your rookie defensive end that's filling in for, you know, Khalil Mack, he had two. Um, but, yeah, so five total pressures from the defensive line. And then another bonus in that is that Reggie Nelson played every single stinking snap of that game. Every defensive snap was 63 snaps. He was in there for every single one of them. And we saw Marcus Gilchrist go down uh, in the fourth quarter. And then um, Carl Joseph came in and played seven snaps. And, uh, you know, yesterday, I follow on Twitter. I, I, I'm on there all the time. Those of you who don't know, I just moved to New Mexico. I don't have a job right now. So my day consists of trying to find little hidden gems on twitter one of the <laughs> one of those hidden gems was uh vic tafer or tafer i'm not sure how you say your name sorry vic um but vic <laughs> vic was interviewing uh paul gunther the raiders defensive coordinator and and uh paul gunther seemed like i don't know reggie nelson is like his son or something and vic asked him like how bad was reggie nelson and Vic came back, or sorry, Paul Gunther came back with uh, saying, well, you guys like to pick on Reggie Nelson around here, don't you? Why don't you leave Reggie Nelson alone? And then he had the, uh, then he went on to say, Reggie is still improving. Reggie Nelson's like 36 years old. How in the heck is he improving <laughs> on anything? That, I don't get that. That was, that was my bad is, you know, the defense, um, it, it just wasn't, it wasn't terrible in the first half, but no, you you couldn't, you can't expect, you know, then they got banged up in the second half. We know Justin Ellis is now on IR, uh, designated to return, hopefully. Um, they said it's a, a, a foot sprain. I think it's probably something a little, a, a sprain is probably a, a nice term for what is probably going on. And you've got to remember, um, you know, you've got different, types of strains you got different grades um this is probably like a uh, they go from a scale of one to four this is probably a three or a four like this okay. is this is bordering on probably a a broken foot like greg olson has got um sometimes a break is even better than a sprain a, a sprain takes a lot longer to heal um that's a that's a topic for a different day um, no, but we. Pre I mean, I appreciate that insight because, like I said, we, I mean, we were talking earlier, and you know, they've brought in these new defensive tackles now. You know, the guy from uh, uh, Hankins from uh, New York, and and there was definitely so you know some questions raised because it was like, you know, if Ellis, if it wasn't that bad, they wouldn't be going out and signing defensive tackles. And then you know, a day right. later, it comes out, you know, he's moved to IR. So you know, yep. some kind of some fears realized there. For and sure. uh, and PJ Hall too had an 
had an ankle injury in that game as well. So uh, they went out and signed Hankins and McDonald. I don't know where McDonald is from, but yeah, Hankins is a former second round uh, draft pick. So, you know, that hopefully that he signed a deal with Indianapolis last year, uh, $10 million a year for three years, and then they cut him in the offseason. So I'm not really sure what's up with that, but just a couple more uh, knowledge bombs about Reggie Nelson. Yeah, hit uh, me. He uh, he recorded a an overall forty eight point three grade from PFF, um, which ranked him the seventy second safety out of eighty possible. Ouch. So real good game, uh, lots of improvement with that, and uh, he was a twenty nine point three on his run defense, which was last in the entire league of the NFL. So, you know, real solid from Reggie. Uh, you know, love having him out there on the field for me. Well, that's why we brought him in, you know, oh, because yeah. we needed those kinds of numbers, you know, in the secondary. You, you wouldn't know, want I wanna... him good. <laughs> Can I add one more bad in there while we're, oh, while absolutely. we're dumping on Go this team? Oh, absolutely. And I forgot about this. There were three times, three times in that game the Oakland Raiders should have had an interception. I mean, it reminded yes. me of 2017. Now, you could, there, there, there are a few good, good takeaways from that. The fact that they were in position to make it, that's exciting. But you know what? At the end of the day, players make plays. And Super Bowl teams make those kinds of plays. You know, even if you get two of those interceptions, again, I mean, that stops two scoring drives, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So then, Still again. Goals. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it changed once again. It changes the dynamic of the game. But players make plays. Raiders did not in the secondary, but I tell you what, how aggravating to see that. I, I counted three different times that the Oakland Raiders, it was a, I mean, a, a better than a 50% chance of, of an interception. One of them was in the end zone. I think it that was, was to Leon start Hall, this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Old man Hall should have had himself a nice pick in the end zone and, you know, yet still can't come away with the ball. So that, again, that was one of those things. It's just, it, it's, it's pull your hair out kind of aggravation that it's like, you're right there. You're getting paid money. You are a professional athlete. You're getting paid money to make this play and you're not making it. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's the tale that it seems like we keep singing, you know, every week. Every year with these this Oakland Raider team. Every year. Yeah, and it's just like you were there, man. You know, you were there, like Kansas City last year. You were there, man, to make that interception. Unless Instead, it tips off your hands and it goes for a touchdown. You know, it's that oh, kind of you, stuff. thank you, Keith McGill. Yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah. And it's just those kinds of plays that it's just like, it really is. It's just bad. Borderline ugly, but didn't quite make the ugly list this week. <laughs> so so we've gotten, have, have we gotten the bad out of the way from last week for now? Uh, have we have we vented enough? Can we move on to the oh, good yeah. that you saw? I think we can move on. Okay, I can. Well, what what was the good? Uh, you know, I'll start off the good on this one. The good from last week's game, and you know, there wasn't much, but I gotta say, the linebacker play for the Oakland Raiders was very solid. Um, they they definitely moved up. They made some plays. Whitehead had a couple of nice tackles in the backfield. Um, I also liked, boy, that offense just looked like a machine in the first half. I think we had 20, 21 or 22 uh, minutes of possession in the first half. If the Raiders can get that thing going and, and, and Carr and company can settle into that Gruden offense, I mean, that just looked like this massive earth-moving machine that was just going to go forward and nothing could stop it. And and it was it was really impressive to watch, and I just thought, gosh, this is it was that pound and ground football 
or grounded pound, totally said that backwards, kind of football that Lynch likes to do. It's one of those ones that you're going to get a three-yard carry here, a five-yard carry here, then all of a sudden, you know, a running back's going to find a hole and bust one for 15 or 20 yards. Um, I was disappointed there wasn't more play action. I think there were a total of two play action plays um, from that whole game. 4.8%. Yeah, there you you go. Holy mackerel, man, you're on fire today. Um, uh, But I I did like the way the offense looked in the first half, and I think if they can build on that, if they can get this machine to go for four quarters and not just two or two and a half, you know what? That's why I'm not hitting the panic button yet for this Oakland Raider team. They get that thing going. That defense did a solid job. They were they were in position to make plays. Irvin had a nice nice um, uh, sack. I believe that who, who was the safety that came off the edge there and had a nice tackle, if I'm not mistaken, and had a nice sack as well. Um, uh, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong play, but they also they, they made a stunt with the safety and he had a nice play. You know th- that that defense, like we mentioned last week, it. It made a couple of plays, you know, and that's what this Raider team is going to need to do on defense. Just make a couple of plays, let the offense handle the ball, and if the offense can get going for four quarters like what we saw in quarter number one and quarter number two, there are going to be some good things this year for the Oakland Raiders. But that's my good for the week. Tyler, what do you got? Well, like last time you went offense and I went defense, I'm going offensive side of the ball for the good. And I, I was very critical of of Donald Penn and Colton Miller in our opening podcast. And, yep. and uh, you know, they looked they looked pretty dang good. Uh, Colton Miller only had one holding call. I think we, uh, between uh, you, me, and our and our other buddy, mine was four. I said he was going to have four of those. Yeah, I think I said three. And uh, so, and, um, so, yeah, I mean, he, Granted that the Rams have more of an interior pass rush. Absolutely. Uh, they've got Sue. Uh, the, the guy I was really impressed with is Michael Brockers. Like, I, I guess I'd never really seen them play, but that man is, he's good. He's, he's a, a machine. good player. I, yeah. He had a couple of sacks, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he? Oh, uh, I know he had one for sure, but okay. high motor. High motor on that kid, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing him in the silver and black one day. Not yeah, at all. Props to him. But uh, you know that the the offensive line looked fairly good. Um, I think uh, Rodney Hudson had the highest grade along the line. Uh, did you know? Here's here's a knowledge bomb for you. He's not given up a pressure in 16 of his past 17 games. Wow. Wow, and so, that's that's part of the reason why I think some of us are so frantic with this Raider team. We have so many you know players like Rodney Hudson, like Kalechi Osemele, like Donald Penn, yeah, Carr. The, we've got a lot of talent on this team. We need to take advantage of it right now because this kind of an offensive line that the Raiders have built doesn't come along. It, no, it doesn't come no, along does every not. day, and and and. And dang it, we need to take advantage of it. The Raiders need to get this thing figured out and take advantage of all this talent that they have on the offensive side of the ball. Yep, yep, I agree. And and finally, I think we saw a little bit of that talent come out in Jared Cook on uh, on Monday. But yeah, I agree completely. This, this line... Uh, you see Von Miller in the headlines this week, and he may just be blowing smoke. But Oh, he's uh, buttering him up. Are you kidding me? I oh, wouldn't yeah. believe a thing that guy says. <laughs> but he says the Raiders have the best offensive line in the NFL. And so, you know, I, I don't know. And, and he says that Colton Miller is the best tackle in the draft. I don't know 
Um, I'm not buying it. I'm not I don't buying know. it. I think he's trying. I think he's got stock or something. I don't know. Anyway, he <laughs> he was buttering up Colton Miller, but you know. Colton Miller and Donald Penn each gave up very little to the Rams edge rushers. Um, and, you know, you're going to get beat in a game. I, You know, if you go on and you watch highlights of the game, you're going to see where Penn gets beat. You're going to see where Colton Miller gets beat. But you're also going to see where Kelechi Osemele, our all-pro guard, gets two holding calls called on him. So, you know, there's throughout the course of the game, there's going to be good, there's going to be bad, there's going to be ugly. I felt like the offensive line did was mostly good. Absolutely, as a whole. I mean, look what they had. To, I mean, you could see from the from the start they had game plan, you know, for that interior pass rush. And like you said, I, I mean, talk about totally opposite. Last week we were concerned about Donald Penn and Miller on the outside. I had no concerns for Carr. I had no concerns for Lynch. I had no concerns about our receivers. But look at what we're talking about this week: Carr, the receivers, Carr. the offensive line. Fantastic. And like you said, that was a pleasant surprise because that was my biggest worry. You know, we talked about it last week heading into this season was all of a sudden that kind of last minute switch of the tackle position. And and boy, they really held their own. And I was impressed with the young man, Miller. He he did a, he did a solid job. And so, I mean, that, again, that's something that look at who they went against. I mean, we're, we're going against, you know, a team that, again, a lot of people think is a heavy Super Bowl favorite. I would have to agree at this point. Um, uh, but but for the the job that they did against the talent that they were going up against was not shabby at all. Did a solid job, and I did a really good job for two quarters. So, um, you know, we see Carr in the, you know this week talk about he doesn't think about his injuries, you know, when he's scrambling around. I, I don't believe that for a minute either. I mean, when you watch him make a, you know, take two seconds to read, two and a half seconds to read, then throw the ball away, I think that happened twice. Um, not even, not even, you know, try to move around and make a play. Carr needs to loosen up. I mean, Carr needs to, you know, we, you know we'll get into that in a minute because I, I, I'm, I could go off on Carr here for the next hour. <laughs> so, so that was the good, and I like that. I'm glad you pointed that out because, yeah, that was that's something that's kind of gone unnoticed too. That a lot of people, including ourselves, had uh, had concerns about that that uh, tackle position for the Raiders. So the Raiders. We're heading to the mile high. Always a good game. Love, I love this game. Gosh, it is. It might be like my most favorite rivalry in our division. I'm just oh, trying yeah. to think. The Chiefs. That's always a good one too. But gosh, there's something about Denver. That's just always a fun. I and just don't like Denver. No, yeah, you don't like him, and it, but it's always a good game, and I always love watching that matchup. Well, it's not uh, always a good game. Do you remember Darren McFadden about well, oh what, seven, <laughs> eight years ago when he? When he was still, you know, alive and kicking and and kicking butt, like, didn't he go off for like over two hundred yards one that game? Was the, and they won that like fifty one to like seven or something. That was, was the greatest. That was the pinnacle point of of just being happy with that with that rivalry. It's kind of gone downhill <laughs> since that time, but dude, I remember watching McFadden gallop for like sixty yard runs and seventy yard runs in that game. That was that was just awesome. Thanks that, for letting me reminisce. Yeah, man. Well I think at the end of the day that was a fifty nine fourteen score, if I'm not mistaken. That was you know, one of the few times during that, that dark era that, you know, it was a fun time to be you know, it was an exciting time to be a Raider fan. Oakland goes to mile high this week. What's it going to take, man? What's it going to take for the Oakland Raiders to pull out a W in Mile High, you know, in Bronco Country? What, what, what in your opinion, what, what's it going to take this week? 
Well, I, as I was kind of re-watching the Broncos-Seahawks uh, game, one of the things that I that I picked out. Now, I'm not I'm not a huge I'm not a scout. I will never pretend to be an insider. I'm none of those things. But as I watched the tape, the Broncos ran with Case Keenum a lot of quick throws. They yes. ran a lot of they ran a lot of big personnel. Like we're talking 12, 13 personnel. So the the one the one running back and either two or three tight ends. And they ran that over and 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 over. And it worked for them. So I think one big key is those two defensive tackles that we brought in, uh, Hankins and McDonald. They're going to play early, and they're going to have to play well. They're going to have to be the run stuffers. I think Hankins uh, was like the number... Oh, crap. I should have looked it up before I came on. But I think he was like the number seven run stuffer. Now, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but he had a really high grade for uh, stopping the run um, over the last few years. And and he kind of fills in for Jelly. That was Jelly's job. You know, he never really got any pressure on the quarterback. It was all uh, just stuffing the run. But I think you got to stuff stop the run. And somehow you have to stop Emmanuel Sanders. He had a big game, and and Keenum seems to really, really like going his way. Uh, I, I can't remember. I know he had like he had a well over a hundred yards receiving on the day, but gotta stop those. Yeah, the one thing that I, to me, look, looking at this matchup. You know, like you said, there were a lot of quick passes, a lot of, uh, you know, big things like that as far as, you know, Keenan was getting the, the ball out of his hands early. And, um, uh, but there were times, I mean, we saw we uh, three interceptions in that game for Keenum. Um, he, he, he really, he fires that ball in there. So I think there are going to be opportunities for the Raiders uh, to make some plays on defense. The, the Raiders, I, I think this week, you know, they're going to go up against some tough defensive backs again. Um, this week, and, and so I think to, in order to win that game, it's going to have to be able to run the ball and run it consistently. And we've seen that's really been the blueprint for them, you know, each and every week um, to win. Uh, each and uh, when they play the Broncos, it seems like if they can get that run game going, uh, that softens up the secondary. Then they're able to, you know, Carr's able to pick apart the secondary uh, with a solid run game. But I think. Uh, it's it's going to have to be a heavy dose of Lynch in that offensive line, and it was a tall task. You know, against uh, Sue and uh, Donald last week, you know the the Broncos' pass rush is Mason. You know, is on the outside. It's Miller. It's Chubb. You know, on the ends. And so I think if the Raiders can can draw them upfield and ground and pound downfield uh, with Lynch, I, I think that's going to be the key to victory. I think this is going to be a real grinder. This is going to be one of those games that goes into the fourth quarter. You know, who's going to have the final possession? Who can make the final plays? Um, but I think I think the run game is going to be the key for the Raiders uh, to pick up the win uh, on Sunday. And I think something that Derek Carr needs to do is, and maybe Gruden and Olsen need to do, is look at moving the pocket to kind of take those pass rushers out of that equation. Because, yeah, you're right. Miller and Chubb and oh, what's Shane Ray even will have, yeah. you know, some bursts of... of ex, uh, I can't remember the word I'm trying to think of, but you know, he, he flashes on the tape as well. And so, you know, if you can move the pocket, Derek throws well on, 
on the move. Absolutely. Um, you know, last year against the Chiefs, that's the play they went with was they moved him out of the pocket. He found Crabtree in the corner, you know, that front corner of the end zone. So if and that makes it so that the pass rushers can't just pin their, you know, pin their ears back and and torch right upfield past Penn and past Miller. And I think this week will probably be a better test for Miller and Penn as far as their protection goes, you know, on the outside rush. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. But it'll be interesting to see because, you know, the game planned, you know, for that interior pass rush but the for last week against the Rams but the Raiders it'll be interesting to see because you know if you think if you thought Carr was skittish with an you know a pass rush coming into his face it could get bad because if you know if he's always second guessing that blind spot second you know where he can't see off the edge um uh, that's going to be a real you know kind of tail of the tape there uh if if Carr I'm interested to see how Carr reacts because if there's if there's one way to tell if if a quarterback's skittish or not is I mean he looked pretty bad you know like I said when the pressure was coming right in his face how is he going to look when he can't see the pressure is he going to feel that are you going to be able to see him feel that are we going to see him start to move unnecessarily you know we could when... see him moving this week and there was nobody there I mean yeah. he was pretty yeah it, I, I'm not giving up on the young man I don't want people to think that I am either but there's a lot of stuff going on I think inside of his head that he just needs I think I told you, I think he, I'd like to just him, see him get slobber knockered once and then just jump up and realize like, hey, I'm okay, I can do this. And then go, you know, I don't know if that's what he needs or if we, if he's in need of like a sports psychologist, which can really help players, you know, get over things like that. But something's just, it's just not the same Derek Carr that took off or like, a 16-yard scamper against the Saints a couple years ago, you know, like he flipped, yeah. he dove head first and head, you know, he flipped and and dove over that guy, and you're like, where's that Derek Carr? Where's that, you know, where's that killer mentality that he always talks about? I'd love to see that, you know, I'd yeah. love to see him scamper a little bit. I know he's the franchise QB, but franchise QBs do things to to make the team better. I mean, you look at Aaron Rodgers. I think that's the the ultimate example that we saw from week one. Dude goes out, you know, he's making, I think I said $34 million a year with his contract. A ridiculous and, amount, yeah. Yeah, and, and he goes out there. He may, he may have been high on drugs. I don't know. Uh, if you watch that interview with him, <laughs> I he, saw that. all yeah, of a that sudden awesome. he gets like this southern accent. I'm not sure where that came from, but... You know, he goes out there and he beats the Bears. And and his knee, you know. It, it, well, you see him hobbling around knee. out there. Yeah. I mean, he's Where's... on one leg, literally. I, I mean, and, and yeah. And that's the ultimate fight, like you said. And that's yeah, what and we're I, missing. I know Carr had that in the past, and I just like to see that come back. Yeah, and it's going to have to come back. It's going to have to. If this team wants to make any sort of a push for playoffs we're not even talking super bowl i'm just talking postseason car car needs to relax car needs to get loose car needs to go out and play some football and and have fun with it again because like you said when you see him flipping over linemen you know or or, or defensive backs against the saints getting up and flexing it's like yeah that's my quarterback and that doesn't only get yourself fired up that gets your team fired up that gets that, there's a certain energy with that that comes with yep. that and, and this team needs that from Carr Carr right now I think is in a phase where he's still learning he's still 
adjusting to the Gruden way here on offense. But once he gets that down, man, he needs to go out there and start having some fun. He needs to start slinging that ball around. He needs to start taking some chances. I told you yesterday, you know what? I don't mind when the Raiders lose to the Cowboys. Carr diving for the end zone, giving it his last little bit, every bit of energy to the end, fighting. I don't mind going down fighting. But I hate going down on a duck throw across the field that turns into an interception and you're just sitting there scratching your head going, what am I watching here? I mean, I can go out and make that throw if that's what you guys want. I mean, sign me up and you don't have to pay me a hundred million dollars a year. You know, or, you know, I don't have to have a hundred million dollar contract. So, so that's what we need from Carr. Carr needs to get that, that eye of the tiger, that Mamba mentality as he's always preaching about. Yeah. Where is it Carr? We need it. And the Raiders need it now. And so I'm excited to see, you know, what are we going to see from Carr this Sunday? Is, is that going to come back? What uh, I think we'll be able to tell pretty early, you know, but he, he needs to go out and have fun. It doesn't look like he's having fun. It looks like he's out there. And I don't know, you know, I don't know what the dynamic is, but it, it, like I said, it just doesn't look like he's enjoying himself when he's out there. And, you know, it's hard to enjoy yourself when, when you're getting beat in the second half like that. But, man, be excited. You had a solid first half. You need to go, you know, you show some excitement. Show some enthusiasm, you know. Maybe you threw a bad interception, but still, you're up 13-10 to 10 at halftime, you know, against a team, like I said, that everybody's figured would blow you out of the water. Have fun with it. Have fun with it. Your, your team needs your energy. Your team needs your energy. Show it. Yep. So I agree a hundred percent. So all right, man. So 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 we've talked about this game. Now let's get into it. Well, but before we give score predictions, give me two things that you expect to see on Sunday from the Raiders. Give, give me two things from players, from the team. What do you got for me? I expect that uh, Amari Cooper is going to have more than one reception. You've got to. <laughs> I, I would expect that he has at least three or four. Um, three or four. Any kind of yardage, man. You you got any yardage for me? No, how about how about we say he goes for eighty? Let's say for eighty. Any touchdowns? Uh, one. Give him a touchdown. There we go. Everybody's gonna start wondering: Is Cooper back? Is that ACDC yeah. connection back? Yes. Yeah. There you go. And uh, you know, I I expect to see probably uh, from the Broncos a lot of a lot of run plays. I would guess. I mean, I, I you've got two brand new tackles in a defense that they haven't played before that's where i would go i mean i would i would expect a lot of runs or play action um things like that and i would pray i'm gonna i'm gonna attack reggie nelson i don't care what paul gunther says i pray that we see carl joseph in the game for more than seven snaps that's ridiculous well, and I'm already seeing, you know, the, the the reports were that, well, they wanted a veteran guy going against this team, you know, against the Rams. Uh, that, that's Don't you what, want your what, best players out there? You know, Reggie I, Nelson I, is not the best player. Well, and that's where it comes into play. You know, I mean, Carl Joseph, what, this is his third year now. So is he not, you know, at this point, Carl Joseph should, you know, be performing at a level that at least, you know, would be acceptable as a starter. So, yeah, why would you pick a 36-year-old you know, safety who needs a safety over top of him to help him out. So that'll be interesting to see. I've already seen articles at what kind of trade value does Carl Joseph had. Now, whether that's clickbait or not, you know, you could debate that. I don't see the Raiders getting rid of Carl Joseph. They need the depth, all the depth that they can, you know, in the secondary, especially with, with Luani gone. Um, but, you know, I, I think you're right. I think we definitely see a lot more Carl Joseph this week. Do, does he have a big game? What do you think, man? Does he come away with an interception? You see any, any – I don't see any interception. ball for me. 
I don't I don't see any interceptions for Carl Joseph, but he lays lumber and I would you know, I would love to just see him bring him up into the box a little bit and you yep. know, we talked about uh that with Reggie Nelson, the worst run defense grade. If they're running the ball, you've got to put in Carl Joseph. There's he, no better safety on the Raiders team to help stop the run than Carl Joseph and that's I a agree. fact. Yep. Yep, even some blitzes for the young man. Like we saw in the preseason, Gunther dialed up some blitzes for him, and he jumped over the running back. And I can't remember what game it was, but I mean, he's he can't be worse. Can we just? He's he's faster than Reggie Nelson, and maybe he yeah, he's a, not he a packs a punch when he like you said he comes downfield and he brings the hammer. Oh yeah, and. And he, you know, he stops the run too. So I think, I think I, I'm going to say Carl Joseph is on the field more this week. And I, I hope that's the case. I may eat crow, but I, I can't, you can't justify Reggie Nelson being out there every single snap again. It just, it, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not with, like you said, guys like uh, Sanders, you know, he's going to torch Nelson if Nelson's out there. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I could probably torch Nelson if I was out there. Um, and maybe that's, you know, maybe that's a bold prediction, but uh, I'm, no, I'm it's pretty, not. I'm pretty confident of myself. I'll tell you, I've got a couple things for you. All right. We're going to see uh, Raider Nation's going to be ecstatic when Conley gets his first interception of his oh, NFL nice. career. Conley, Conley's going to get a pick. I like Keenan, the, the Bronco quarterback, you know, he he's a gunslinger, but he also he has some plays. I saw the, his first interception. Boy, he stared that receiver down. I like Conley to get a pick. I like Conley to, to work the outside for Keenan to, um, uh, to underestimate his ability to try to rocket a ball in there, and Conley's going to get his head turned around, and he's going to make a play. I like Conley for an interception. Um, that's one prediction and, oh gosh, you know, I wrote it down here where I, I like Connolly for an interception. Oh, where am I? I'm looking through all my papers here. Um, but that was the, the, the one that jumped out to me. Um, I like, I like, we're finally going to get that pick. You know, we had three chances last week and I think it's going to be up to the young man to finally, to finally, uh, uh, make the interception. Oh, and I got the other one. I think you're going to have Arden Key for a sack. Key's going to finally get a sack. You know, he, he had some solid plays. He had a couple plays where he got up field too fast last week against the Rams. Um, and it cost them, especially on that one, the first Todd Gurley run, he got up field too quickly, opened up a lane for Gurley. Um, yeah. but Key, there's no doubt Key's got some speed and he's just got to, you know, that whole defensive line minus Irvin, you know, and Ellis, it looked like a rookie defensive line. You know, I know we hoped for something a little bit better. Maybe well, and Frosty Rucker's like 90 years old. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, we might have tank come back, you know, at that defensive end. I'm not sure what his status that, is. Yeah. That didn't make any sense to me. He was a healthy scratch. So I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So, so I, I you know, I, I think that defensive line is going to be a little bit better this week. It's going to help them out a little bit more. Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with Key, man. Key's going to get a, get a, get himself a sack this week. Raider Nation's going to be excited. Might help with the wounds of a, a little bit with uh, Cleo Mack leaving. But I tell you, what, if I have to listen to another broadcaster talk about Khalil Mack and the Raiders, I'm going to scream because it was every third down play. So, somebody was saying, well, this is where the Raiders need to generate a pass rush, and this is where usually Mac comes in. They don't have Mac, so who's going to do it? It's like, no kidding. No kidding they don't have Mac. You know, yeah, and they're like, boy, it would be nice to have Mac on that play. It's like, yeah, it would be. You know who else it would be nice to have? Howie Long, 
Can we see if, you know, it would be nice to have him there. Also, it would be nice to have uh, Jerry Rice at receiver as well. Can Charles Woodson come back yeah. as well? Yeah, you know, it would have been nice to have Charles Woodson in there when uh, Nelson may, you know missed that play for that pass. I think it was to Woods for the touchdown. Woods or Cooper Cup. You know, it would have been nice to have Woodson in there. Yeah, Cooper Who, Cup. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's bring back Romanowski as well. Could we could use him at linebacker? Sure, would be nice to have him. So it's just what about stop uh, it Lester Hayes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, let's let's go down the list here. I mean, I just stop it. Max gone. All right, we we understand that. I don't think anybody's watching Oakland Raider football going. Wait, where's number fifty two? And I don't think anybody's watching Raider football going. Well, gosh. You know, how are we going to generate a pass rush with Matt gone? We understand that. we got to figure it out. And it's going to, you know, or else it's going to be a long season. It's it's something that, like I was talking about last year, that's that's a plague that's followed us into the 2018 season from 2017. We had a tough time generating a pass rush last year, even with Mac in there. So, yeah, and I, think and I know Mac helped. I think that's Gruden's point when he said, we weren't an, often, an awesome defense with Khalil Mack. Yeah, I mean, I I realize that it's it's nice to have him in there, but Booger McFarland, like that was all he could talk about was, oh, if Mac was here with this and Mac was here with that, and I just like I finally had to mute the game. I just was watching it. It was I ridiculous. Understand? I couldn't I couldn't listen to him. He he right there like jumped up above. Um, oh no! Oh, gosh, dang it! Well, Are you he's talking def- Sunday night guy. Yeah, Collinsworth. Oh. Oh no! Oh, that's Chris a Collins, bold statement, my friend. Chris Chris Collinsworth is horrid. Booger <laughs> McFarland passed him up, and uh, then you got Bill Walton for basketball hanging out at third. Probably <laughs> is my, and that's also free for Raider Nation. That's my ranking of of uh, announcers, best announcer of all time. Can we talk about that for just a second? Yeah, go for it. You, you okay? You drop drop that knowledge on my ears. I want to hear this. Uh, best one ever. And I, of course, I forget his name. Johnson is his last name, but just screams into the microphone. <laughs> Love him. He's my favorite. Oh Greg, my word! But people, I, 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 people want. Uh, that's who we should get to call our games. Forget Bill or Brent Musgrave. Well, and it was like I said, I was so tired of listening to it. It's like uh, I just really hope that this ends sometime soon because. Look, we know Gus he's Johnson. Gone. Sorry, Gus Johnson. Okay, there you go. There you Look go. him up on YouTube and tell me that doesn't just get you energized and pumped. <laughs> you need to listen to him before a workout. It's what you're telling me. Absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, that was really disappointing, and it was like, yeah, you know, maybe we should have Mac back there throwing touchdowns as well. You know, maybe he should be the starting QB. I mean, well, it was he ridiculous. catches touchdowns. He, he makes does. interceptions. He makes <laughs> pressures. I I'm pretty sure Mac, he's a good punter as well. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's just like gosh. he's just like Booby Miles from Friday Night Lights. <laughs> you put him in and you'll win. Oh my word! Yeah, it, it was bad. So look, we understand Max gone. We understand you know Raider Nation misses him, but it's time to move on. It's time you know? to move on, Raider Nation. It's, yeah, he's not there. Yeah, and all announcers as well. Take heed. And Let's, announcers. Yeah, yeah, this is getting ridiculous. So, all right, man. So we've covered this. At nauseum here. So who do you got? As as on as always, we're, we're truthful here. You know, we're truthful with ourselves. I picked last week the Rams to win. I take the L there. Little egg on my face. No, um, you picked the Raiders to win. You know, last yeah. Week. I'm sorry. I picked the Raiders last week. You picked the Rams. Well done. I because you know what? what? There's there's no there's no bull here at the uh, behind the eye patch podcast. We're critical of this team, and 
we're not afraid to say it. We're not going to sit here and tell you things that we don't believe. We're still students of the game, and we're fans, you know. And, Tyler, you picked it correctly. You said you don't think they get it done against the Rams. Boy, that first half, I thought you might have to eat crow. Rams still got it done. I thought the Raiders would win, and I truly thought that. It wasn't just my fandom coming out and saying I, I thought people were going to under, underestimate the Raiders. They still pick up the L. Who do you got this week, though, against Denver in Mile High? Honest to goodness, your fan pick, along with your analytical student of the game pick slash gut pick, who do you got this week? I have the Oakland Football Raiders winning this week. Whoa! I have, you know, a rivalry game just sometimes brings out the meanness in people. I'm hoping Derek Carr has a bounce-back game. I'm hoping that we just smash the defensive line of the of the Broncos in the face with a bunch of Marshawn Lynch, uh, maybe some Richard out of the backfield, which, by the way, you were correct about last week. Props to you on that. Like, Richard had a, had a great game. Crucial drop, though. Anyway, yep. I, I digress. Um, no, I'm going, I'm going Raiders win 20 to 17. Wow. Going Oakland Raiders going in a mile high, pulling out a W. I tell you what. Um, we saw last week, and that, you know, that's part of the good. If I can go back and add the good, when Jared Cook just absolutely annihilated Tlaib to get that first down, I think it was like on a third and ten, I, my soul was happy. I mean, that oh. <laughs> that lifted my spirits because I, if there's, you know, it's Tom Brady as one of the most hated, but Tlaib is right on his heels uh, as as one of the most hated uh, football players in in my book. And so would he just absolutely trucked him and just just manned up and made him his daddy you know that that was beautiful I, I love that. that that made me happy um uh but yeah like you said I think uh, so so you got you got 20 to 17 Oakland yes okay going into the mile high getting it done and going back on that with I think uh and I told you I think uh we get another heavy dose of Jared Cook uh Will Disley the tight end from the Seahawks had a monster game. He's a rookie. He mostly blocks people. That's so right. I, I, he had a big game. Um, one oh seven. I want to say one hundred seven right. yards and a touchdown. So, I look for another big game from Jared Cook. To be honest, it it may be that he he has another monster day. That's awesome, you know, and that uh, as long as we spread the love a little more as well, I mean, I'm all for going to the hot hand, but they're going to make adjustments like we saw last week, and they're going to start, you know, putting somebody on Cook. So, you know, Carr's got to be able to adjust and, and, you know, be able to spread it out from there. You know what, man? It's totally opposite this week. Until, uh, you know, I was hot on Oakland last week. Until this team can put together four good quarters of football, man, I'm not – I've I got to step back and say – Prove it to me. Show me. And I'm going to have to go with Denver. And I tell you what, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of rumblings. I mean, we heard the boo birds on, on Monday night in Oakland. Uh, and it's going to be, it's going to get bad. If, if Oakland, it's, it's not going to reach critical point yet, 
But it's going to start heading there pretty quickly if Oakland goes in, especially if they have a lackluster performance. You know, if it's a if it's a thirty to thirteen type game and Oakland just absolutely gets annihilated, it, it, a lot of Raider Nation is going to be up in arms, and for good reason. Oakland, you know, if Oakland can lose with some sort of dignity, I understand that there is no good loss. But you know, if it's a if it's a twenty eight you know, 30 type game, you know, Denver limbs on wins on a last second field goal kind of a thing. You know, I think that's a little bit more of a, a palatable loss, but I'm going to go with the Broncos. I'm going to go 23, 16 Denver. Um, and again, this is just a, prove it Oakland. You know, you've got the talent, you've got the players, you've got a defense that's, that's okay. That was solid for a first half last week that I think can get better if the offense is better the offense can bail them out and stay on the field more for four quarters. But I'm going to go with the Broncos. I've got the Broncos winning it, like I said, by a touchdown. And, and you know, for as much hype, I, I love this Oakland Raider team. I always have. But they're going to have to prove it, man. It's it, The time's now. There's no more, um, you know, well, you know, new coach, new system. And I know I've beat that drum a little bit. But, you know, you've had all offseason to prep. You've had, you know, you had a good first half of football you know, unlike what we've talked about, there's just too much talent on the offensive side of the ball. And we haven't even mentioned Martavis Bryant, man. Comes Martavis back. Martavis Bryant, thank the, you. Yes, the, the white, white tiger. The white tiger. You know, he's back in it. And and, and that's got to be. Tigre Blanco. <laughs> yes, and he's got to. He, he, I think you're going to see him show up in this game. He might even be one of that, you know, that deep threat. Um, that you know, Carr looks to a couple of times. At least I hope so. Something you know above. I think Carr didn't have a pass that went beyond what was it seven yards or something like that. I, I saw that stat the other day. That was sad to look at. But but Oakland, prove it to me. Prove it to me that you're a team that can go out and win. Prove it to me that that Derek Carr's worth his millions. That John Gruden's worth his millions, and that they can put four quarters of football together. The times now, but until then, I'm gonna pick the Denver Broncos to win. So there you go. But you know, Tyler. You're one to know right now. I'm zero and one, so we're gonna see at the end of the year. Uh, you know, maybe we need a little wager. You know, something. You know, loser has to grow his hair out for a year. You know, maybe just a gift card will do because I'm not. I don't look good with long hair. Uh, no, I have to be professional as well. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I can't. I can't go around. You know, working with investors with like you know looking like a hippie. It, it right, just right. Isn't, isn't gonna look good. <laughs> Plus, I don't think my wife would stand for it either so but there you go guys thank you so much for hanging out with us today as always you get no political talk on behind the eye patch podcast we figure if you're here to listen to sports i know it's a novel idea but we figure you actually want to listen to sports and not our political opinions so as always no politics on the behind the eye patch podcast we appreciate you guys hanging out with us today Hope you go back and listen to the first episode. The pilot episode was actually pretty fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Catch us next week for the next episode. Go Raiders. Should be a good game. Make sure you tune in on that. And you know what, Tyler? I think we should set up some sort of uh, like call-in system. You know, I think we should field some calls from fans. I think that would be fantastic. We need to get we need to get the listeners in on this and yeah, uh, be, be able to. That's a great idea. Yeah, so we're going to explore that. Let's explore that here in the coming weeks and see if we can get something set up. Always. Please rate, uh, let, you know, give us feedback. Rate us on SoundCloud. Rate us on iTunes. And you know, we just... are on we are on SoundCloud for sure. Um, hopefully, iTunes will be next. And awesome. we also you can hit us up on Twitter. Um, our handle is at behind eye patch. 
and uh, yeah, those are we like to hear we like to hear back. What can we do better? Uh, what did you like? Uh, things like that. So absolutely, yeah, that's the only way. You know, just like the Raiders, that's the only way you're going to get better. You're going to need you know you need some criticism. You need to be able to take that to heart and say, okay, you know, give the people what they want, pleasure their ears, as I say. And is yes. it, is that the handle? Is it just at behind? There's no V in there. It's just behind no. eye patch. Yep, at behind eye patch. Okay, yep. perfect. Good to know. Also, to know. need to. Uh, I need. I. I need to apologize. I need to uh, shout out to uh, another member of Behind the Eye Patch, uh, Mr. Courtney Birch. I failed to mention him in our first podcast. He's oh, worked yeah. behind the scenes for us. Um, so, like he to thank him. He helps put together a lot of the content that we talk about. You know, we we bounce ideas off of him and get his thoughts. So, yeah, for sure. Thanks, yep. Birch. Thanks, Birch. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I do also want to mention we're on Facebook, so look for us at the Behind the Eye Patch on Facebook. We do have a page up there. You can catch all the episodes there. Of course, this will only be the second one, but more good things to come. Thank you so much, Raider Nation. Appreciate you hanging out. Have a good rest of your week. Just win, baby. 